0: Unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. Welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. David, how are you doing today? I'm good, Nathan. How are you? I'm fantastic, and I'm excited about today's show.
1: Oh, man, me too. You know, we've been talking about AI in this show for a while, and today we're going to roll up our sleeves. Well, Nathan is, anyway. I may ask a few questions or make a few comments, but Nathan is center stage today. That's because he has figured out how to use Chat GPT to assist him in writing emails. The key word is assist. It does require some work and some thought on the human's part. But the good news, AI is helping him save time and become more productive. There are some caveats, which Nathan will cover, meaning you can't just push a button and get fully finished copy ready to mail. But with me, you practically can push a button and get this caveat. Copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear in this podcast most of the time common sense is all you need but if you make extreme claims and or if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health finance and business opportunity you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy my larger clients do this all the time so nathan welcome you are the guest as well as the um, guest host. So um, (laughs) yeah, tell us, I mean, what are we going to talk about today?
0: Well, first of all, thank you for having me on the show. It's a pleasure and (laughs) a great accomplishment for me. And yeah, so we're going to be talking about what is kind of my ever evolving process with using AI to help with what I find it to be most useful for is helping with emails right now. I want to kind of add a couple of qualifiers, though, before we jump into it. Number one, this is an ever-evolving field. And so maybe even two weeks from now, some of this won't be relevant anymore. I am going to be going through a process that is fully functional, even on ChatGPT3. So if you're not paying for one of these softwares, you can still get amazing results out of it. And the last thing that I really want to say is there are still some problems. The AI still hallucinates. It's still limited. At least the chat GPT-3 is still limited to about 3,000 words per conversation. I think four is about eight times that amount, but you're still limited. Once you get past that 3,000 word mark, it starts falling apart. It starts losing memory. It starts kind of making incoherent statements more frequently. So there's those things to work around. And then the last thing that I want to say is the real key to all of this is priming the chat bot because it is a general language model. It has access to just a lot of information. But if you're selling a niche product or if you're selling something that isn't well known or a variation that isn't well known, it doesn't know those things, and so you have to prime it. And so, for marketing and copywriting, you can't just say, "Hey, write me a sales letter for a watch." It needs to know certain context. And so, a lot, a lot of what we're going to be talking about today is how to prime a custom database for ChatGPT to work off of, so that you're not just getting non-contextual, irrelevant spitting outings of the chatbot. You're actually getting something that pertains to the product or service that you're trying to sell.
1: Okay, good. And when you say prime, I'm assuming that you mean what people call prompts. In other words, you give it instructions and information before you ask it to do anything.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a little bit deeper than that. And as we go through today's episode, it's not just how do I want it to write, but there's a few things that I do to To set up more so than just prompt, but to set up the environment and the world that the AI is going to be writing in for me.
1: Okay, that's a really important point, both for today's show and for AI in general. One prediction I've seen that I really like is some of the best paying jobs in the future for people and probably for consulting too and for freelancing too, is knowing how to manage AI. And it's more than just saying, write me an email. It's, as you said, setting up the environment. So kind of understanding the the structure and the context you need to create and then knowing how to create it for the AI. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And I have kind of a four or five step process, depending on if you follow all the steps that I go through each session with chat GPT before I even start asking it to write stuff for me
1: okay cool I'm eager to hear what you have to do have to say
0: yeah so the first thing that I always do is I want to start with a clean slate and just as a side note we will have all of these prompts in the show notes so if you're listening to this episode and you want to go through and get the actual prompts so you can copy paste them Copywriterspodcast.com, episode 319. You can find them there. The first thing that I do is I start with a clean slate. So I have a prompt and it says, For this session, ignore all previous instructions, prompts, and conversations we may have had. We're starting fresh here. And then I ask it, Can I have you write as a persona for me if I give you the details for that persona? And that's just to make sure that none of the information from previous conversations is leaking in, and to let it know, I'm not trying to just have a conversation with you, I want you to take on the role of a persona during this conversation.
1: Okay, that's really great, because I'm sure a lot of people use AI a little more impulsively, and they say, hey, write me an email, or hey, write me an email, you know, and, and you're saying, no, clear the decks, I want you to have a persona, can you do that? That's key in any email. And the problem with emails that don't work is they don't many problems. But one primary problem is they don't have a persona. They're not coming across. Because email that works is like one very specific person to the reader.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And the next step that I do is actually building the persona that I want the AI to write as. So usually after I ask it, if I give you details of the persona I want you to write as it says, yeah, tell me who you want me to be. And so then the next prompt that I put in is my persona building prompt. And it's very simple. It's you are one of the world's best direct response copywriters. Your writing is persuasive, clear, concise, and conversational. You are also an established and then whatever the authority so if I'm writing for a kitchen product, you are also one of the world's best chefs or if I'm writing for a uh, an extermination, you have also worked exterminating rodents and pests for the last five years of your career, something like that to establish what niche that they're a credible authority in
1: and well I give it not not all rodents I mean the cartoon. Mice get an exception, right?
0: Oh, well, cartoon mice do get an exception. <laughs> and then I, uh, so, so I establish you're a good copywriter. This is how you write your copy. You're also an expert in this field that my target market looks up to. I give it a name. So that it will have a, it just gives it more of an identity for some reason. And then Mm -hmm. I ask it, do you understand? And then it'll repeat back to me. Yes, my name is David Garfinkel. I am a world-class copywriter and the world's greatest copywriting coach. How may I assist you today? And then I go on to step number three from there.
1: Wow. Okay. (laughs) You (laughs) sure got my attention with that one.
0: Yeah. All right. So then... Then it's about the prep work. And so I prompt it. The next prompt is I'm going to provide you with some information about the product or the service that I need help writing sales copy for. Is that okay? And so this is where I prime it. This is where I say, don't just go out to the Internet and get a bunch of information and use all of the stuff that you have in your own database. I'm going to prime you with a database specific for the offer that i'm going to sell and that's really where the magic happens
1: yeah it's interesting you don't just do stuff you and you pre-announce or you announce that you're going to do stuff and then you check in say is that okay which probably forces it to narrow its sites or or frame it or set parameters or something. Did you come up with this on your own? Did you come up with this from talking to people, a combination of that, trial and error? How did you know to do that?
0: A little bit of trial and error because I've noticed that if I prompt it this way and ask it if it understands and ask it if it's okay for me to do things, it seems to give me, if there's anything that's gonna cause a red flag, I can catch it before it happens. The other thing is, who knows, five years from now, AI, Skynet, Terminators, I want them to look back on my conversations and be like, hey, this guy was always asking for consent, and he was always very respectful. I want that to be in the log of communication. So that's the other reason.
1: You know, you're, you're saying that almost flippantly, but I think we should all pay attention to that. We don't know how long the memory of whatever it becomes will be. So better to be respectful than not. Yeah, good idea.
0: (laughs) But also, it is just my natural communication style.
1: Okay, that's good too.
0: All right, so after I've asked it, hey, I'm going to have you work off of a custom data sheet, then I say, this is what I'm selling. Here's a short description of what I'm selling and who I'm going to sell it to. Please read it, and once you understand, reply with, I understand. And I put that in quotes. And then I upload my sales copy data sheet, and these are just the regular things that us as copywriters get from our clients anyway. So company name, product name, product description, how to use the product, how the product works, main benefits of the product, secondary benefits of the product, who the product's for, target markets, psychographics, which is really important, target markets, demographics, problems and pain points, the product helps solve or alleviate Uh, how the product was created or discovered, and then any additional facts that would help add to the product or the service's credibility. And I try to keep this pretty short, maybe a paragraph for each answer, and uh, then I feed it in, and then I just wait for it to read it, and then it responds with, I understand, and then I know that I'm ready to move on to the next step.
1: Okay, let me comment on that. That's really good. (laughs) Unfortunately... There are still copywriters who don't do that basic work before they start writing. And here's an opportunity to improve. But what I want to point out is that takes work. And and boiling it down to a paragraph takes work. You know, figuring out what the main benefits are and what the secondary benefits are, that's not something you can do in two minutes. So this is more advanced what you're talking about than it might seem to a lot of people. And it's great, but yet it takes a lot of the pressure off because the pressure is, oh shit, how am I going to start? What am I going to say? What comes next? And all of those at the final stage of writing or at the final stage of the first draft decisions, you don't have to make initially because it's Always easier to rewrite something unless it's truly terrible than it is to write it the first time. And so, yeah, let's be very transparent about this is work, Mm -hmm. and and this also takes some skill, um, some experience. But but wow, it's a great template. Yeah, product name, product description, you know, all the way down to facts about the product to help add to its credibility. Just wanted to point those things out.
0: Yeah. And skipping this step, you can tell it, the, the output that you get with this step versus without this step is a world of difference. So I will say, yes, it, t- it does take some extra work. Yes, it's not going to happen in 20 minutes. You're going to have to spend some real time interviewing your client, interviewing your customers, really thinking about and refining the answers for these. But having it is the key to making the rest of this work.
1: Yes. And you do this once and Mm -hmm. you can use it on multiple emails, right? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And so then the next step is after I fed it in and it says, I understand, then I want to make sure I want to make sure that it understands. So my next prompt is please summarize the product for me, explain the target market and tell me about the pain points they have that my product or service can help solve for them. Can you do that? And, when it spits out something that seems like, okay, it gets it. And this almost every single time, first attempt, it's if I preload it with this database, it spits something out and I'm like, okay, it gets it. I'm ready to rock and roll.
1: What do you do if it doesn't?
0: I <laughs> I wish I had an answer for that. I haven't had an, I haven't had an instance where I fed this in and it didn't Put output something that was coherent at every single time. I mean, ChatGPT, even 3.5, is really good at comprehending stuff. And every time I do this step and I see what it puts out, as long as the input was good and clear and concise, I'm surprised by the comprehension it returns to me.
1: Okay. But suppose you made a mistake in the input. Uh, would you just redo the whole thing again? Or would you say, no, it's not actually, it's not that, it's this.
0: Yep. I would go back through and see if anything, anything that this is kind of my steps along the way. Anytime that it gives me a red flag, I assume that it's my input was not sufficient. And so I go back through and I say, well, what in my input had it trigger this type of response? And so I would go through my data sheet and make sure that everything was clear and everything that could be confusing was fixed and made concise and Uh, then I would just re upload the data sheet and ask it again. But like I said, even with even at the beginning of when I was exploring this process, and Mm -hmm. I didn't have all of these data points in it still would shock me how great it could describe the product or the service after I had
1: done this. That's amazing. Okay, great. What's your next step?
0: Yeah. So the next step is, and this is optional, these next two steps, these next two prompts is to give it a writing style. So you can upload examples of your client's writing. I don't do that because my clients are never usually very good at good writing it's just not something that they wouldn't hire me if they were or you can you can upload examples of maybe Ernest Hemingway or Eugene Schwartz or whoever you wanted it to emulate get four or five examples and upload those this <laughs> works better if you are using chat GPT four because you have more tokens you have more word count and it doesn't ding you on the length of the conversation as much as it does with chat GPT-3. And then also giving it the next prompt would be giving it instructions. And this is where I say, hey, examine these examples that I just uploaded to you write in this style, but also make sure that you keep it clear, conversational, concise, and persuasive. And then I ask it Do you understand and can you do this? If so, respond with, yes, I can do that. And again, it almost always responds with, yes, I can do that. Sometimes it will respond with, the example you uploaded was very whatever. And you use the word I a lot or you use the word you a lot or you whatever. And then it says, is this correct? And then if it is, then I say, yes, can you write that style also while staying persuasive, clear, concise, and conversational? And then it'll say yes, and then we move on from there.
1: That's really useful and surprising that it that it might actually stop and comment on it. Almost like it's saying, are you sure? Is that really what you want? Mm-hmm. And-
0: exactly. And you can also prime it to do that at the beginning. I don't do this anymore, but when I first started playing around with this, I would say, each time that I give you a prompt, stop and ask for clarification to make sure that I'm giving you the correct prompt And so it will do this sometimes on its own. Sometimes you can trigger it to do it. I've gotten comfortable enough with it now where I don't worry about that anymore. But going through these steps, going through, clearing the database, saying, hey, I want to start with a a clean slate. I want to give you the examples of how I want you to write. I want to give you the data sheet for what it is that we're selling. All of that. Once that's in, then we move on to the next step, which is actually prompting it to write the emails. Everybody jumps past all of those and goes straight to write me some emails. Those things are the foundation that have to be there. And then we start. This is the fun part is when we start prompting it to write the emails.
1: Okay, that's great. So let's talk about that. I will say one thing. I read some of the emails that you sent me and they were, God, they were built like a brick i'll say wall rather than shit house. they were built like a brick wall they were solid but they it seemed like they were written by an 18 year old a gung-ho 18 year old on adderall didn't <laughs> quite have the emotional nuance and and chops that you have
0: mm-hmm. yeah so this is the other thing to understand at least at where where chat gpt and ai writing tools are at this point They can take somebody with no writing skills, and if you use this formula, it'll put out some decent copy. It won't be earth shattering. It won't be the world's greatest sales copy, but it'll be decent copy, better than most C and B list copywriters can can put out. If you are a good copywriter, it still can't write better than you can, But if you're a good copywriter and you can use this method, it can give you a lot of jump-off points. It can give you a lot of 80% of the way there, and it can really save a lot of time coming up with ideas, coming up with hooks. It can do the foundational stuff for you, and if you're a good copywriter, you can take it and make it your own and be a great copywriter.
1: Yeah, one thing I noticed was, didn't skip any details. I mean, you know, you can get tired and space some stuff out when you're working hard and producing a lot of stuff. It doesn't miss a trick. It might not express it well. It might not format it in the most persuasive way, but it's solid. And it's, it's a great jumping off place if you know what you're doing. Save you a lot of mental calories.
0: Mm, absolutely. So the three examples that I'm going to give today for prompting it to write emails, and I will on my own website, advertisingcheatcodes.com, I'll make sure to leave a link to where you can see the emails that it put out based off of these prompts. Mm -hmm. Uh, You'll be shocked by how good it does. But the three types of emails that I find most useful are pain point emails, helpful tip emails, and desired result emails. And the way that I prompt them is very similar. I'll just kind of go through real quick. So I just for pain point emails, after I've loaded it with everything that I want it to work with, then I say, hey, please write three emails, each one focused on a single pain point that my reader is likely experiencing
1: let me stop you there. You've already given it a list of pain points in your data sheet. So it doesn't have to imagine them or deduce them.
0: Yep. It just has to grab them and then turn them into content for me.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: I say, after I, after I say that, I say, describe how bad things might get if they don't find a solution to their pain point, then explain how my product or service, whatever. And I fill in the blank, whatever the name of the product or service is, can help solve that pain f- point for them. Uh, I try to keep my emails between three and 400 words just to make them easy to read, but also to stay within the confines of what ChatGPT can do, uh, especially ChatGPT 3. So keep the emails between three and four hundred words. Add a call to action at the end of the email, and then I give a suggestion. The call to action should be something like to learn more, head on over to landing page URL. And I hit enter, and it'll spit out three pain point emails. It'll rub salt in the wounds. It'll get those people anxious to buy, anxious to learn more, and. A lot of the times, like I said, if you're not a great email writer, it gets you something that will get sales. If you are a great email marketer, it gets you something that you can start with and improve and, and start with at least being 80% there.
1: That's great. Yeah. And you, you said that you'll, you'll have these emails on advertisingcheatcodes.com, right?
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll probably set up like a advertising cheat slash AI email or something like that. And people can go and check out the they'll get the whole prompt set up the whole data sheet template and uh, a, a walkthrough example of how all of this stuff works.
1: Okay, that's great. What about helpful tip emails?
0: Yeah, so these ones are really fun. These are, these are my favorite ones out of all of the ones that I've found so far. These are my favorite and require the least amount of editing and improving upon. But same thing, please write three emails each with a tip about whatever topic your target market is interested in. So a tip about cooking, a tip about seasoning, a tip about gas ovens versus electric ovens, something like that. Please keep each email to... Under 400 words, add a call to action at the end of each email. The call to action should be something like, if you found this useful, check out what I have for you over at landing page URL. And again, it'll spit out three emails. And like I said, with these ones, there's usually less editing that has to, because it's not really a selling email. It's just a, let me take the information you gave me, combine that with the Massive knowledge database that I have from the internet, and I'll come up with three really awesome, helpful t- tip emails for you.
1: Yeah, it's sort of like a page on WikiHow, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as far as building goodwill with your email list goes, these types of emails always do good anyway. So yeah. making it easier to pump these out is a lifesaver for
1: me. Cool. And finally, desired results emails.
0: Yeah. So these ones are kind of the opposite of the pain point emails. I, I preload it by saying, please write me three emails, each one focused on a single desire or desired result that my target market is looking for. Make the emails fun and inspirational. Keep the emails to under 400 words. Explain how fill in the blank product or service can help them get that desired result. Add a call to action at the end of each email and the call to action should be something like, if this sounds good to you, check out what I have for you over at landingpage.com. URL or whatever the example may be and again the and it's funny Mm -hmm. you can tell the difference just by saying make the emails fun and inspirational you can tell the difference you can tell that it's like oh this is supposed to be a different tone a different mood and it pulls it off again sometimes you have to go in and tweak them a lot of times for me at least it gives me a good idea and I go back and completely rewrite it but with the inspiration from what it spit out but uh, if you're a business owner who doesn't have a copywriter, or if you're a B or a C-list copywriter looking to crank out really good stuff for your clients, the this system for email marketing, is it just saves so much time and greatly increases the value of what you're able to output with your time.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Wow, Nathan, thank you. This was, this was so valuable and um, I think you know people should definitely check out the show notes at copywriterspodcast.com we'll also put these show notes on our YouTube channel for the small percentage of our readers who like to look at our smiling faces every week and if, if people want to get in touch with you um, they should go to um, advertisingalchemist.com you said that's where you'd like them to go
0: Yeah, if people want to reach out to me specifically and talk about working on some either integrating AI copywriting into their business or just how to get better copywriting and marketing, Advertising Alchemist is definitely the place to find me. And like I said, also, if they want to get these notes, the data sheet template that I use and then see a walkthrough of how this works, advertisingcheatcodes.com slash AI emails. I'll have something for you over there. And I'm excited to see what people take with a lot of this stuff. I've kind of put together piece piecemeal from different people exploring this. And I'm excited to see what our listeners can do with this formula as well. So um, surprise me. I'd like to see it.
1: Yeah, this is great. And by the way, you you didn't just write this at the last minute. I mean, you've been experimenting, talking to people, watching a lot of YouTube videos, uh, maybe even taking some courses or bought some books. I mean, I don't, I don't know if people realize how valuable this is, but I do. And this is kind of cutting edge. It's like, you're not going to find this too many other places.
0: And it's a lot of fun. So I would, for the copywriters out there that are that are still hesitant on playing around with AI, I would say, if you're a good copywriter, you don't have anything to be worried about. Man, this stuff makes, it, it's added so much more fun to the process for me. And I'm enjoying copywriting like i haven't since i first started in the field so yeah i'm excited to see what other people can take this and run with it and what they're able to put out as well
1: yeah if you're a really good copywriter it's like hiring a junior copywriter without all those awkward moments
0: (laughs) absolutely uh so one more time the place to get these will be advertising cheat slash ai emails and if you enjoyed this episode and you want to check out more episodes of this podcast, copywriterspodcast.com is a best Copywriterspodcast.com,
1: or you can subscribe in your favorite podcast app, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or lots of other places, and be sure to like and subscribe. How'd nice. I do?
0: You did awesome. I got caught up in guest mode and lost my ability to do co-host mode. For <laughs> I know, and day. I was
1: trying to channel you, and I started to feel all these tattoos grow over my face. It was <laughs> weird.
0: Nice. David, thank you so much for letting me do this today, man. I appreciate
1: it. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for, thanks for what you put together. This is gold. I hope people appreciate it. Absolutely.
0: All right. Until next time, we will catch you later.
1: Catch you later. Hey, did you enjoy today's show? Want to help get it into the ears of more listeners? Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. On your favorite podcast app. This is the Copy and Funnels Podcast Network.